Hello and welcome to The Huddle. Liam Santa Maria with you and only two teams remain. The Sydney Kings and the New Zealand Breakers set to battle it out in the championship series to find out who will be champions of NBL 23. It's a bit of an extended lead up to the championship series, but to whet our appetite today on the show, we're going to speak to both coaches, get a sense of how they feel their team has gone over the course of the season and what lies ahead in the decider. So in a little bit, we'll speak to Jace Buford. But for now, Murdy Mayor. Murdy, good to see you, mate. Thanks for joining me on the huddle. Good to be seen, my pleasure. <laughs> Congratulations on uh, earning a spot in the championship series, mate. What what does that achievement mean to you? First of all, thank you. Um, means the world. It means the world because it means a lot to basketball in New Zealand. It means a lot to the breaker supporter. It means a lot to recovering the kind of trust and belief from the community in us. And it means a lot to me individually too. It validates some of the stuff we did. You spoke to a little bit of that when we chatted on this show six months ago in the lead up to the season. I asked you kind of what success would mean for you this season. And you said, quote, we want to put a team on the floor that resonates to what the Kiwi sports fan thinks is the right way to do things. If we do put a team on the floor that competes every moment, then Spark will be popping and we'll be fine. Was Spark popping on Sunday in Game 3? Spark was. It's the loudest I've ever heard it. Um, it's actually pretty cool. And when you reflect back on, on those comments, how do you feel like you've gone in achieving what you wanted to achieve in that regard? Not something that I say easily or comfortably, but I think we kind of hit it on the head. Um, it's been a few moments later in the season where we had a game at home, Cyclone, thought it was going to be empty. It was a big game against Melbourne United. Come in, there's six and a half thousand people driving through the rain and weather storms just to come out to support us. And we come into game three, which everybody was telling me, historically, these things don't really sell well. It's a quick game with a quick turnaround. And place was great. It was on fire. Um, I feel it from the sports community around, whether it's... Uh, my highlight after a game is when I get a message from, from Paul Hanare, and he tells me he's proud about how we play and stuff like this. So, yeah, it's been good. That's awesome, man. A guy whose jersey is hanging in the, in the ceilings and is a legend of Kiwi basketball. That's, that's awesome. What, what do you think in the work that you and the team have done on the day-to-day and then what you've put on the floor on a nightly basis in competition has been the key to your success? From a basketball standpoint, it obviously starts from the defensive end with us. Um, I think we compete at a high level. I mean, our guys give it everything they got every moment they're on the floor and our level of execution is pretty good. Like Within our schemes... We execute them pretty well. Um, it's not just that we try hard, but we kind of know what we're doing and we're on point with our counters when teams throw different things at us and we have the ability to adjust with this within games. And 
it's definitely been the backbone of the stuff we've done. You're, um, we've been talking a little bit recently about the, the Kiwi kind of culture and, and, and core that you've got within the group. But Tom Abercrombie and Isaiah Liafa and Tom Vodanovic, these kind of guys, you spoke about that pre-season and when you were putting the team together. We've also, me and others in the media space have been talking about your import trio and how's the best import trio in the league and Barry and uh, Jarrell and Derek have been awesome this season. But it will become as no surprise to you that I want to talk a little bit about Rayan. Oh. Because you've, you've got an 18-year-old starter heading into this championship series. What did you think of the way Rayan performed or what he brought to your group in that series against the Jack Jumpers? So to start to answer everything that you kind of put up there, yeah, Kiwis and imports and 18-year-olds and all of this, after the season starts, they're all just breaker players. Like, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what passport you hold. Now you're a breaker player, and we do what we can to help the breakers win, and Ryan's no exception to that. Man, was he good. Um, not scared of the moment. Playing with complete freedom and aggressiveness on both sides of the floor. Um, I felt he wrecked havoc for a few moments there on ball guards. Uh, really disruptive, and I mean everybody likes to pinpoint the stuff that he does on defense. It's really clear to see you got this six seven gazelle running around and pressing the ball and doing amazing things. But he's one of our best north south kind of players. Um, Tazzy came into the series with the the idea of disrupting our kind of set offense and taking the ball out of Will McDowell White's hands even with paying a price on the other side of it. And Ryan was one of our best players punishing this because it's aggressive, he gets to the rim, he finishes, can make a read, make a pass. He was fantastic. All right, that's all very lovely and nice and positive. As I told you yesterday, we're going to... Oh, hold on, hold on. That coffee mug, is that a little homage to the tall blacks? The all blacks? Might be here by accident. <laughs> is that, that a little all blacks statement of some description? I, I'm hoping it rubs off on us and good things come. I like it. Um, I told you yesterday, mate, we're going to talk a little bit about your deepest, darkest fears. You ready for that? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. So with that in mind, what is it that concerns you about the Sydney Kings as an opponent? What doesn't? Um, the term appropriate fear is something that kind of I approach every opponent with. It's the grand finals. You're supposed to play against a great team, and they're definitely a great team. Uh, they've been there before. They're the defending champions. They've been the best team in the league all season. Um, they have very straightforward characteristics about how they do things. Uh, you know kind of exactly what you're going to face from a pace standpoint, from an offensive standpoint. They're pretty strong in their schemes defensively as well. Appropriate fear in all aspects. Appropriate fear, that's interesting. Is that a term that you've spoken about with your group? It's more of a coaching staff thing. Players should never have any fear. Step on the floor and play. Love it. Um, now, it's going to be a hot little minute before you guys get the opportunity to step on the floor and tip off this series. How are you approaching and kind of managing this extended lead-up to the series? It's a good question. It's 
So first, it starts with the physical aspect of this. Yeah? You want to come in as healthy and refreshed and as sharp as you can, and those two things don't always coexist. So we've been through these before, through FIBA breaks, not before Grand Finals, but we've been through FIBA breaks. We've been through a big break this season that was kind of forced upon us, and we do a good job of reflecting, analyzing, looking back what we did well, not well, what we can do better. So from this standpoint, I think... We have a good plan in place. Take advantage of the time to prepare, but then be really cautious about not abusing this time and going into basketball masturbation where you kind of just go around crazy with your X's and O's and because you have time, you put in stuff that you don't need. And so trying to stay on task. Is that okay to say on the huddle? You said it. I don't, I don't know if it's okay, but you said it and I'm still trying to come to terms with it. Uh, so... Without diving too deep into what you mean by that term, will, like, will, will you guys will you play a practice match? Will you find an opponent over there in New Zealand in these two weeks, or what will you do? There is no opponent. It um, doesn't exist even if you want one. It doesn't happen. We'll simulate the loads the way we need to simulate them to kind of build into a week um, internally, and it's kind of what it is. Awesome, man. Well, Spark's been popping. So that by your account and, and our conversation, you guys have already achieved a successful season and now there's just a huge opportunity to be gone for and uh, I'm looking forward to watching you guys go for it, mate. Good luck and thanks for the chat. Appreciate it. Thank you. Up next, Chase Buford. Chase, what's happening, man? Thanks for joining me. Yeah, not much. Just uh, enjoyed a few days off after the semifinal and um, got back into training today and you know, looking to ramp up as the week goes on. Love it. You're, uh, you're back in the championship series, mate. Congrats on that. What, what does that accomplishment mean to you? Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It just means that you know, we get a chance to go fight for a title. But um, if we don't be successful, I don't know if it'll mean a whole lot at the end of the day. What'd you make of that last series? Went went the distance. What did you make of the challenge that the the Taipans threw at you guys? Yeah, they were terrific. I mean, they just they competed and they they clawed, they fought, they they did everything undermanned. You just have to give them so much credit and respect um, for the way they came at us. They didn't back down. You know, it was chirpy the whole time. And um, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, post game, it was a, a quarter really at the end of the series that made a difference. We you know we won the last quarter and that was about it. So. Credit to Forty and his group, you know, again, with the bodies they had out to come in and fight, you know, it would have been probably a lot different if Pinder was out there in a lot of ways. So, um, yeah, it was it was just a tough series for us. Game two, final two minutes, what did you do back there? Did you, like, find a TV and watch us? No, I didn't get a chance to get into it. I, I just grabbed my phone and checked the score and then I think I checked hit Twitter and saw something about Tim so I'm kind of oh goodness I didn't see know what's going on but uh no I mean it was it was one actually that you know the players kind of met and had a little players only huddle in the locker room afterwards and I think we all moved past it pretty quickly and just you know it was all about focusing on game three at that point and now it's all about focusing on this next series against the breakers I before we're going to move off this topic really quickly, man. But I want to ask you, I mean, it's going to be a battle. Like, it's going to be a tough, really tough grand final championship type series that you would expect. What's your mentality coming in 
um, for yourself, I guess, in those because there's going to be some frustrating moments over the course of the series. Yeah, I think you know, for in a lot of ways, playing Cairns was the perfect uh, predecessor, so to speak, to New Zealand, just because they're going to do a lot of the same things. They're going to get up in you, frustrate you. Um, and we all got to be able to handle that and, and be ready for um, anything that's thrown at us and myself included. So I think just the, the mentality of toughness and, and being able to weather the storm, no matter what's going on, um, you know, what we just went through was a great preparation for that. I just spoke to Modi just uh, 10 minutes ago and he during the conversation halfway, do you know that Kermit the Frog meme where you like he drinks the cup of tea? Modi just did that with an All Blacks mug, which, which I thought was hilarious. How do you prepare your group for New Zealand's physicality? Yeah, I mean, again, like I said, like the Can series was a great preparation in that, in that regard because, you know, Bo Cole, I don't know if there's anyone more physical garden wings in the league than he is. He's just a terrific defender and, um, you know, they're bigs, everybody, they're, they're going to be up in physical. So... Um, New Zealand's going to be the same way. We're, we're going to have to embrace that and enjoy it. And hopefully, you know, again, when people want to be aggressive and get up in you like that, there should be some space behind. So if we can be ready to exploit that and um, get in and play behind them, then maybe we'll have some success. One of the things coaches do, head coaches do a lot, is chat with um, peers, respected peers, mentors and the like. In this type of situation now, heading into another championship series, as well as the conversations with your coaching staff, your ownership group, you've brought, you know, no doubt Luke Longley in, in a, lot of, uh, a lot of the time. Uh, who are you reaching out to in this moment in terms of kind of people that you like to lean on and talk to? Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of the guys you said, Luke's always a, a great resource for us all. But there's a couple coaches in the NBA that I talk to pretty regularly and um, usually will give a chat based on, you know, just – talk through some scouting stuff or just hear their opinion and just let them listen or talk or, or whatever like that. And that's been really helpful. Two guys in particular um, that I talk to almost every day that, that really help me and I try to help them in some areas too. But yeah, it's, it's great to have a, a wide base of people to, to bounce ideas off of. Who are those guys? Is, is Bud, Bud one of those guys? No, I don't think Bud would take my calls every day, but that's all right. Uh, I don't think I want to talk to him every day either. So, no, um, one of them is one of his assistants, Vince Lagarde, a guy I used to live with who's been uh, – her first year in Milwaukee was with Quinn in Utah for a little bit, was in Minnesota as well. And um, Vinny's a really close friend. We, get, we go back and forth on almost everything. And then the guy I used to work for in the G League named Josh Longstaff, who's lead assistant in Chicago and um, – so those two are the guys I talk to a ton and, and just, you know, like I said, bounce ideas off of, especially. Do they stay up late, watch NBL games on YouTube? Uh, Vince does for sure. You know, he's been with Joe Ingles for a long time. So I think every game last year they had, you know, some sort of like wager on a Sydney Kings game that would be won <laughs> or lost. So uh, he, he, he catches most of them for sure. Nice. Hey, um, I mentioned the chat we had preseason. I asked you about like success. What's success going to look like for you guys this season? You talked about continuing to grow the game of basketball in Sydney. Where do you and and the ownership group feel like you're at in the process of building something like that in the Harbour City? Yeah, I think you saw throughout the course of this season with the attendance numbers that I think we're on to something. You know, we broke our attendance record this year and. Um, for a while there, people were just coming out in droves every week. didn't matter who the opponent was. It was just big numbers, big crowds, big energy. And 
Um, that was great to see. It's it's been fun to get a little bit more interactive with different groups this year. You know, my first year COVID really put a, a stop on that, and now to have fans or members in the gym to have special Olympians come through and practice with us and do things like that. Like that's a lot of fun um, to get to see. And then hopefully you create some lifelong fans out of that too. So um, it's, it's been good. It's, I think it's growing. I think there's a lot of things in the works that'll continue to, to help that push that, especially in men's and women's hoops in Sydney. So um, keep a keen eye on the lookout. It, um, Oh, okay. That's interesting. What, um, it maybe dipped a little bit in that first in the first round. Uh, Cairns had a similar type problem with their game too because it's a quick turnaround to sell those tickets. Like you've got to lead up though here, some time to, to get everybody in the door. What's your message to the Kings fans who have you right been pouring in? I said a little while back I wouldn't be surprised if you guys break the all-time record at some stage in the postseason. What what's your message to those King fans, especially about game one coming up? Yeah, don't wait. Don't wait for a game three. I think that was a big thing. People wanted to wait. They assume, you know, that we've gotten spoiled fans already in a year. So they're waiting until the, the, the finals, I guess. But um, no, it's, you know, I'll say this. They were, the crowds weren't as big the last two games, but they were loud and we felt them. And, you know, those those people that were in the building were great. And we just we need more. So everybody, Sydney basketball fan, whether you're a Kings fan or not, come out and um, watch a great grand final series. Yeah, great call because, uh, you know, they've got a role to play. Like, they, they, yeah, that's what home court advantage is all about. Hey, you also, in that conversation before the year, you talked about how it's going to be fun and different this season playing because you guys are going to have that target on your back. And you talked about embracing it, embracing being the team that everybody wants to beat on a nightly basis. How have you found that experience over the course of this season? Yeah, it was good. I think for a while our group was, was really thriving off that. I think there was a part in the middle of the season where we felt we intimidated people. We felt like we, we really came in with the presence. And I think right around the time we clinched finals, we, we lost a little bit of that spark and, you know, went into coast mode or whatever you want to say and um, have struggled to, to find that rhythm or drive or juice or whatever you want to call it since. And not, you know, at the same time, not only people want to knock us off, but everyone at the end of the season we played was playing for their lives. And I think we lost. Yeah. Um, just a little bit of that edge and, and getting that back throughout the course of the first round was, you know, somewhat there. I think we saw a little bit of it in game three, especially on the defensive side of the ball was probably our best defensive game in a month and a half, which was good to see. How are you? Um, this is a bit of a unique situation. Like, how are you going to approach and how are you managing this extended lead up to the start of the series? You know, everybody's making such a big deal out of it. I don't I don't think it's that much of a. You know, we've gone parts of the season where we've had 10 days between games or things like that. I mean, everybody's had it. So um, you just get a little more practice time. For us, it's a, it's a great opportunity to rest and recover. You know, Zaves was a warrior on Sunday, but he needs time. And other guys could use a little bit of a break, too. So, um, you know, we tried to train today. And I was out there just to make three teams a three-on-three. And it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's good. It probably comes at a good time for us at the end of the day. Did you lock up? No, no, no. Our team got torched. Me and Jordy got abused in pick and roll, so we'll, we'll have oh, to no. work on that. Oh, no. If there's some footage. Hey, listen, Julian O'Brien, if there's some footage of Chase trying no, to get a pick sure and roll. No, I make sure there's no cameras at practice today. No, no cameras. <laughs> I, I, t- I told Modi Mayor, I said, hey, listen, like this, uh, let's talk about some of your deepest, darkest fears. Um, and I asked him about like what concerns him about you know you guys as an opponent. He said everything. 
and then went into some specifics. Who or what about the breakers concerns you? I think they, you know, defensively, they're going to make you play their style of basketball in a lot of ways. They're going to um, slow you down as much as you can. And for us, playing a different style, obviously, we want to ramp up the pace and all that. So I think counteracting that balance or pressure will be important. Um, offensively, they do a great job spacing the floor, and they have shooters at almost every position around a roller usually. And um, for us, a team who likes to shift a lot, that can be hard. And so finding that you know balance of where to be defensively and you know being able to stay attached to their shooters but also contain the ball and some of those things because if you don't show a little help to Barry Brown or Will McDowell-White or those guys, like you're going to be in trouble too. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. It's going to be a great series. Is a Tom Vodanovic kind of breakout series up ahead? Certainly hope not. You know, Tommy had a, a huge stretch for us in the, right before half of the Illawarra game last year. Uh, so I know he's he's got finals juice in him, but hopefully he used it all last series. Yeah, wasn't it? I think mid-season sometime, I think he said, like, X can't, can't score on me or something like that. I'm looking forward to him getting a couple of minutes here and there. Yeah, no, for sure. We love Tommy. So happy to see him doing well, you know, elsewhere as well. But uh, we'll be ready for the challenge. Hey, man, uh, just to, to polish it off, uh, when we chatted preseason and you talked about what success would look like, you said what we talked about before, but you also said there'll be some guys in this group pretty annoyed if there's not another championship trophy sitting alongside this other one in the locker room. So good luck getting those final three wins that you need to make that happen. And Thanks heaps for the chat. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, Liam.